pretty sure that's just like a screenshot of like the cover, which is probably my, my my maybe my second favorite um, Grand Theft Auto game. I liked it a lot. It's my favorite of yeah. the, the the original, like the, the the Grand Theft Auto Three trilogy of games. Uh, I like the era that it was set in. I like mm-hmm. driving around fake Miami, listening to um, '80s music. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. You could change the station. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I remember the map was small enough that. I spent a lot of time doing the taxi cab missions, like delivering people from one location to another. And in doing that, it really helped me learn the layout of the city. And so when I was finally doing the actual missions and it would like tell me where to go, I could go there without having to consult my mini map or anything else. I just knew how to get there. I knew the city. Okay. And, uh, the, the, I mean, now in GTA five, like the city's probably not so big that you couldn't learn it if you really wanted to, but, I haven't put that much time into it. In all of the two GTAs that I've played, my favorite part was just going to the airport and stealing a plane and just flying it. Yeah. That was, that's all I like doing. I sucked at all the other missions that other than like just running past people and like punching them in the face. <laughs> I don't know why that was fun. Uh, but yeah, no flying, flying the planes was the, the best part for me. Um, I see Dave says that his uh, favorite GTA game is uh, vice city. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, he agrees with you. The amazing. No, my, my favorite, though, is probably GTA five, just because like there's so much to do in the online mode. Uh, I can go to the airport and I own planes in that one. So I can go to the airport. And, oh, like, yeah. Oh, fly my and, own and the cops aren't instantly all over. No, you after you, no, because oh, okay, I, I own them. Of course, if I like fly around and like shoot at them from my plane, they'll, they'll be mad. You can me, shoot but, from the plane. Uh, there's planes that have guns on them. What? Oh, yeah. man. I went and I, I bought this plane uh, in the in the online mode. And it's like this gold plated private jet. Uh, it's the only plane that if you're sitting in the back uh, and you're in first person mode, you can like drink champagne and smoke cigars in the back of this jet. And so, but so I bought this plane and I couldn't go in the back and fly it at the same time because you need to have a pilot. And so I had to play the game with a friend and be like, guys, guys, come here, come to the airport with me. I need you to fly my plane so I could sit in the back and drink fake champagne and smoke fake cigars, like a fake big shot. Oh, that's (laughs) awesome. But it was oh, a blast. Man. So it was much a blast. more affordable than actually doing it in real life. Right? Wow. I have so many and millions you get of all dollars. all the enjoyment, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, hey. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, my God. I did. You I fell it again. again. I fell it again. Fell for it again. Oh, man. All right. I was going to keep going with that, that there's someone behind you, but then you looked and. Now I talked about it, so it ruined that moment. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, anyways, weird. Um, yeah, welcome. Welcome to the show. Pull yeah. up a chair. We're kind of sitting around a virtual campfire here. We've got some tall, old redwoods around us. Oh, it's beautiful. Sitting at the campfire. Yeah. We're, we're Fire's crackling. Yeah, somebody just roasted a, um, a marshmallow. We pee on the trees here. That's what we do. We don't care <laughs> that there are outhouses. We just piss right on the tree. And that is something that is very important here, peeing on the trees. Peeing on the trees is yes, vital. Yes, we... And it only for men. We do not want women here. Well, that's because they can't pee on trees. Yes, exactly. At least not as easily. Uh, so where are we, you might be asking, uh, where we like to pee on trees? Yeah, well, we're in, women. we're in California oh. near uh, Monte Rio. Monte Rio, California. The specific in- location is 20601 Bohemian Avenue. Yeah, we're uh, we're in the Redwood Forest. Yep. And this is our annual retreat. Yeah, to the Bohemian Grove. 
this is like a super secretive place that is very well known. It's so secretive (laughs) that if you go to Google, it will give you its street address. I guess, I guess the secret part of this is what happens there. Like the, the place is known. Yeah. The, the group is known and like we, we know it's a, a nonprofit, I guess, organization. It's a men's club. Yeah. It's a men's club because they do have to, because they're nonprofit, they do have to file their taxes and so their their financials are in order. So we do know this place really exists. Yeah. But what happens there? Who knows? Only the few that the have rich, gone in there. Well, the rich who are members and the few that have snuck right. in yes. uh, to report about it. And uh, yeah, so today we are going to cover the Bohemian Grove uh, and all the conspiracies behind that. Yeah. Nice. So the Bohemian Grove uh, sits on 2,700 acres of land. Has an annual attendance of about 2,500 people. It's operated by the Bohemian Club and was established in 1878. Should we do the intro music? I was going to do it before you said that, and it would have been a great place. But then you said that, <laughs> and I didn't want to cut you off. You should have cut me off. It would have like reminded me to stop talking. <laughs> The truth is out there, but these two goofballs aren't likely to find it. You're listening to Half Cut Conspiracies. So here's the problem, is that we don't normally do the whole, oh, hey, thanks for coming, and then break for the music. Normally it's the music, and then that happens, that? Oh, and then we just go. Oh, well. like we, don't, we don't, this isn't like band things where we have an introduction and then we stop for the music. This is like the music already goes to the beginning and then it's straight into the episode. All right, well, so we're, it's we're weird. changing the things up for the live episode. Wow, keeping things fresh. Um, so let me just say so, all the things yeah, again that I said that, and then ago. whatever, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's run by the Bohemian Club. It's 2,700 acres. Uh, it was established in 1878 uh, and it's a men's club. What What is a Bohemian? Uh, you want me to? Say I'm wondering it? if you know. Uh, do you, if you have the definition, you can say it. Otherwise, I could just Google it right what now. You, okay. What do you think a bohemian is? It's like a free spirited um, type person. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Right? Like somebody who just doesn't, I don't know, care about the rules. Yeah. According to uh, the dictionary definition, it's a socially unconventional person, especially one who is involved in the arts. Uh, okay. You know what? That uh, that makes more sense because in one of the things I was reading, when this club first started it was created by people who were or this this or whatever organization um the retreat thing was more for people who were in the arts the yeah. the newspapers like it was it didn't seem like it was so much the social elites it just seemed like it was more the the free-spirited bohemian uh people of the like that california region yeah uh, and then i think since then it has grown quite a bit uh to include a lot of the you know social elites yeah uh which yeah because i was thinking the, the the weird thing about that definition of bohemian not that it's a weird definition it's a, it's the right definition but looking at it today most of the attendees don't strike me as particularly bohemian no not at all um do we want to cover who is actually part of it since we're talking about? Yeah, I've got, some, I've got some notable, I mean, uh, notable people here. You know, Bill Clinton has been there. Um, yeah, so there's um, okay. Notable members include uh, Clint Eastwood, uh, Henry Kissinger, 
uh, Walter Cronkite, Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, Charles Schwab, uh, Ambrose Bierce, Bret Hart, Mark Twain, and Jack London. And that's all according to Britannica.com. But uh, there's a little bit of an asterisk there. So I was reading on another website. I forget which one. So they, they give honorary memberships every year. Yes. And some of those members that are, are given that honorary membership don't actually uh, attend. attend or, well, or, or like, choose it. Well, because there are four honorary women members. Yes. And so Mark Twain, I, it was interesting that he was on this list because he was one that showed up on that other website as being an honorary member, but not being one that actually... Um, anything? They, they have no actual record of him accepting the honorary membership in invitation so they may have thrown that out there he may not have actually accepted it um but he you know his name is on there so uh, yeah and so coming from that though i wanted to include this is this is honestly maybe the only reason that i wanted to do this episode was to include this quote from former president richard nixon uh from a taped comment may 13th 1971 he said the bohemian grove which i attend from time to time it is the most faggy goddamned thing you could ever imagine. Okay. So <laughs> in case you wondered what Richard Milhouse Nixon's take on the Boho Grove was, that's it. The most faggy goddamn thing you can imagine. Okay. All right. So he, I guess, wasn't the, the biggest fan <laughs> Not the biggest <laughs> of that. So, okay. Uh, just since we're talking about like the membership, um, I have a note here. The membership has grown since its uh, initiation or like its start. The membership has grown to approximately 2,500 people. And it's believed that over the 16-day encampment, there's concerts, theater, informal lectures called Lakeside Talks, parties, casual networking, and government policy review by those members. So – Here's what I kind of loved uh, in researching the Bohemian Grove. It reminds me a lot of like a grown-up Cub Scout camp. It's yeah, it like, totally does. I, yes. I was in Cub Scouts. I was not uh, in the like the the Boy Scouts. I was out before I hit the Boy Scout age. But I remember going to these Cub Scout camps. And so, like, so I was reading there was this thing where um, sleeping quarters or camps are scattered throughout the grove, and uh, each camp has a captain, and one of his many jobs is its upkeep. And I remember as a Cub Scout, like, your camp would have a camp captain who was in charge of making sure that, like, when inspection came and the the, the scout leaders were inspecting your camp, everything was, was to the T and everything else. And then on top of that... At the fucking end of this two-week period, when they're out in the middle of nowhere, they do the Grove play, which is this <laughs> massive musical theater number. Did you not encounter this? I did not read that. This no. blew me away. Each year, a Grove play is performed for one night during the final weekend of the summer encampment. The play is a large-scale musical theater production written and composed by club members involving some 300 people, including chorus, cast, stage crew, and orchestra. The first Grove play was performed in 1902. Uh, During the war years 1943 to 1945, the stage was dark. In 1975, an observer estimated that the Grove play cost between $20,000 and $30,000, an amount that would be as high as $144,000 in today's dollars. So, yes, they put on... 
and again, this goes back to um, Cub Scout camp for me. At the end of the camp, we would have uh, this final campfire, and every little cabin would put on a skit. We have yeah, to come up with I, a yeah. little funny skit to, to do. Except these guys, Your budget wasn't. They, we didn't have a thirty thousand yeah. dollar budget, and we weren't doing a massive musical yeah. theater production. <laughs> you had to perform your own music. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but that just struck me. And so, so I'm just picturing like all these like elites the, who are, you know, people that you normally see on the news as very proper <laughs> and prim. And they're like doing these fucking like random right? skit or like random musical theater numbers. <laughs> oh, uh, and it's from uh, Wikipedia. The cast for a Grove play averages 75 to 100 actors, uh, wow. many appearing as so-called spear carriers in crowd scenes. Uh, roles for female characters are played by men because, of course, women are allowed including orchestra members, costumers, stage crew, and carpenters. Some 300 people are involved with the production each year. Like wow. That's, that's, that's like massive. They're putting on a mini Broadway show in the woods every year with 300 friggin' people involved. What? That's, that's <laughs> this is crazy. So Holy shit. And just to, like, to, again, it goes back to the people that are actually right? rumored to be there doing this. Yeah, it's that. I that is interesting. You know, interesting. Bill Clinton back there wondering if this the music should shift to a minor key now <laughs> in this. <laughs> so the encampment, as they call it, is it's over two weeks um, that they do it, and they've got, like I said, uh, some of the world's most prominent men, and it happens. So the reason this kind of goes to why we're doing this at this time of year for our fall, right because this is finale. about when the meeting happens. Would be happening. Yeah, during mid July yeah. of each year. I've got a note here that their club motto is weaving spiders yes. come not here. And it's a line that's taken from act two, scene two of Shakespeare's a midsummer night's dream. And it implies that outside concerns and business deals are left outside. Yeah. So because now a lot of the members are, uh, you know, government politicians, uh, I'm assuming that means that any deals they have going on or any issues they have going on outside of this organization is left outside. And once they come in here, they can start talking about new things or uh, just about things without those influences and not caring about that. Yeah, shit. I think so, the, the intention is the... Um you know, it's like when you go out for a beer with your friends and you're like, just, we don't talk about work. Mm -hmm. Like we leave work at the door. We're going to talk about like our sports teams. We're going to talk about who we're fucking or whatever, <laughs> but we, we're not going to talk about work. And I feel like that's what this is for these people. And it's like this two week period where the global elite can go somewhere and just not to spend two weeks not caring about starving kids in Africa or, you know, whether or not there's water clean water going to indigenous people people's lands See, I, or well i took that as another thing of like if you so let's say you're from if this is just people from within the states like if you've got something going on and me and you as you know uh, state leaders have some sort of issue we leave that outside and once we're in here we can talk about like bigger things without that little you know, issue oh, that I we've see. got going on. I, I mean, don't know. Yeah, that's what I, I kind of read I into do it think as. They, so here's the thing is I, I think the intention is that they leave their work at the door, mm -hmm. that we're just coming here to like well, drink but, a lot, pee on trees, no, do some but, musical theater. But inevitably, of course, we are going to talk about business while we're here. Yeah. And it's something it, that we can do. Government policy review was part of the oh, thing. Oh, yeah. That yeah. So I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. Yeah. I'm saying that the intention of that motto 
is that this is meant to be a summer getaway for okay, the politicians yeah. who have all this shit on their shoulders and they should be able to get away and just relax, pee on trees, do some <laughs> yes. musical theater, uh, uh, put on drag. Putting on drag is apparently a big thing that happens there. So I um, want to just cut you off there. So you keep mentioning pee on trees and probably to like the <laughs> listeners. No, probably to the listeners, though. That's like, why the fuck is this such a big thing he keeps mentioning? It, apparently, it is, it, a it is a big deal thing. for these people that, like, they will, uh, for the longest time, they would not let any women in this club. Or work there. Yes, or work there because peeing on trees was such a big yeah. deal. But then it was somebody filed some sort of. Yeah, somebody like, like a, a discrimination lawsuit. Yes. Yeah. And so now. And so they and they went to court to fight to continue to be allowed to hire only men. Yeah. And and a big part of that was because because of the peeing on trees, yeah. which is fucking is hilarious. People but people are just constantly they, so whipping they, their dick out, peeing everywhere. Yeah, so they ended up. I believe they ended up losing that uh, that law. That court it went through thing. a few different levels of the court. Yeah. But yes. So overall, in the end, they do have to hire women. Yeah. Now they have to hire women. So um, I mean, they so they have to hire women, but they still have with their group rules or their club values. Um, women still aren't really, according to what we know, able to partake in those lakeside chats, which yeah. are a really big deal um, from some of the stuff that come will probably come up later. Um, so women and children aren't allowed at those lakeside chats, and the men still pee on trees a yeah. lot, I guess. So, which, so that was even a big factor in um, one of my favorite examinations of the Bohemian Grove comes from uh, John Ronson's book, Them. Um, which is all about looking at these different sort of uh, extremist groups. And uh, what he found when investigating this book is that most of these extremist groups um, have this idea of some kind of uh, faceless power in control of things that are pulling the strings um, from behind the scenes. And so that inspired him to go looking for that sort of faceless group. And that's that, that led him to try to infiltrate the Bohemian Grove, uh, which he did alongside uh, Alex Jones in, I think the year 2000. And uh, yeah, the final chapter in the book, them is about uh, Ronson and Alex Jones trying to infiltrate the, uh, the camp. Um, the way they did it, believe it or not, is they just, they just walked in. They yeah. They kind of tried to hide within the, the masses. Yep. They just walked up the yeah. road uh, they were told basically just look like you belong and uh, uh, dress uh, dress preppy. So like khakis and like a button down shirt and uh, uh, and then walk in and just say hello like you belong there. And they got in. I don't know if it's probably so easy to do anymore. No. Uh, over the years, security has really tightened up. Mm -hmm. um, there was something on the uh, the Wikipedia article talking about just, yeah, just that, that over the years, they've really stepped up security because of the people, like now that it's become so known, I guess, yeah. in the, the secretive world of things that they really have stepped back on the stuff that they put out. So they used to... I guess, send out via email or somehow these actual itineraries of what their talks were going to be. They don't do that anymore. So um, I remember I was listening to a podcast and they were saying like some of the, the headlines of the, the podcast or uh, sorry, of the, the speak, the speeches that they were going on during those um, the lakeside chats. And they were able to kind of infer 
some bits of what might be talked about there. And because of that, because that somehow got out to the public, they've just stopped completely advertising that at all. So they don't even mention what their lakeside chats are about, what's going to be covered during the years. All we know um, factually is that this group does exist and what their financials are. And we only know that because they are a nonprofit. And so they have to file certain tax um, paperwork to, to keep that status um, which means we can see that. Now, having said that, one of the things behind their uh, the paperwork that they file is that it seems that all of their numbers seem to be the same every year. So there's, there's something weird about that with what they're doing uh, financially in the group is that even though the number of people grows in that group, uh, like with membership fees and all that stuff, their numbers of what they're the money they're bringing in stays the same so there's some mm. weird shit going on there and i think that adds to the well i think uh, the weird the shit mystery is that of it. they just know they're not going to get audited well not going to get audited <laughs> but then also like some of the people in their group are like high level accountants and government people so like they probably know how to if they did get yeah, audited yeah, yeah. it's like oh yeah. it's still above book you know above board but we've just changed numbers somewhere to make it work with it so whether they say their membership fees are less or right. something now speaking of membership fees i think it was somewhere that i heard it was like $20,000 to get in like as a membership initiation okay. fee okay. or it, there was there was an initiation fee and then there was an annual fee and i can't remember if that was $20,000 or if it was the initiation fee that was 20,000 either way it was a lot of money to get into this group. And it's pretty much like you have to be invited yeah. to get in. And as we kind of touched on before, it started out with uh, artists, newspaper people, um, just kind of those bohemian style uh, or bohemian type people back in Cal- you know, in the 18, whatever year it was, 1878 when it started. Now it's, it's expanded since then and included a lot more political figures yeah. uh, as well. So another note I have, which I didn't do a whole lot of research looking into, this kind of goes into, actually this isn't even the conspiracy because this has kind of been proven, is that they were tied to the creation of the atomic bomb. bomb. Yeah. yeah. Which is, that's interesting to me. The, so they, um, there was a Manhattan Project planning meeting that took place there in September 1942. Yeah, that's really interesting that this, so it goes to show you the level of importance that this group has in world events, right? Like they, they you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the sort of, yeah, it, you leave, you know, you leave the business at the door, but sometimes the business creeps in. Mm-hmm. Right? And this is that example. And I think it's, it's that sort of thing of, it's like any sort of, club right like when you're just doing your regular business stuff you've got those business hurdles like i'm i'm captain business and you're captain business yeah and i need to talk to you about something but i gotta go through your secretary and your personal assistant and whatever else to get to you whereas if we're both at the bohemian grove this summer i can go straight to you and be like man we should make an atom bomb and you can be like (laughs) man let's do it and boom that's it it's done we're making it happen. We're like, we're, we're jumping over those hurdles. We're just skipping those hurdles entirely. And I think that's where you see that kind of element is the opportunity to uh, fast track certain ideas by bypassing some of the regular uh, bureaucracy. Well, and that's the thing, like any of this government talk 
is happening, uh, I guess, off the books and out of the public eye. Yeah. So you can, yeah, start being more candid and try and figure out things that you don't have to worry are going to be uh, like FOIPA or whatever freedom of imp- information requested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like, I feel like you can you can really set out the preliminary ideas of what you're wanting to establish. And then once you get into the real world, you know, start doing the actual regulatory processes that need to accomplish what you've already kind of set out for. Right. Which um, it's just it's really interesting that this is one that we know there's like that secret group that exists and we know they're doing some secret stuff because of what's come out in the past. But you know, how deep does it go? That's the conspiracy. It's not so much that the conspiracy is that these people exist and they're doing things. The conspiracy is like, what are they actually doing? Like how deep (laughs) is it going? And, uh, what else do I have in my notes here? Um, so yeah, their, their meeting started in 1878 and it, it actually, so the retreat itself garnered a reputation for involving highly secretive and cultish ritual rituals. And the the most well known of those rituals is called the cremation of care. Yes. Um, and so I, it was in quotations in the article I read, probably because it came out in one of those itineraries that was leaked. And basically, that cremation of care is an opening ceremony with the purpose of making club members carefree right from the start of the retreat. So again, kind of tying into their motto of leaving their their real world cares and stresses, stresses, uh, issues, disputes outside of the camp. And in the camp, you are just, you know, you're all together. You can be free. So I want to, I want to cut in there to talk uh, just really quickly. This is a, this is from John Ronson's book. Then uh, them uh, before he infiltrated the Grove, he did some investigating in the the town near the Grove and, and met this, this woman named Mary who had information about it. And uh, he asked her about uh, what she knew about the owl burning ceremony. And her quote was, they call it the cremation of care, she said. Is, is it deeply occult as many people think? Some say they're killing children up there and sacrificing them on the altar. Maybe they are, but I doubt it. I think we'd have heard about it by now, at least locally. <laughs> Which, you know, she's not wrong. Cavalier, yeah. You'd think, like, if they're killing children in the woods, someone's going to notice, right? Like. I, well, I don't know though. Like, are they unless they're like taking like kids that are abandoned, and then you wouldn't notice. You don't, I don't think? Know. You don't think? I don't know. There's a lot of members, so it's like <laughs> if somebody wants to like foster a child that doesn't have like a parent that cares. Then, well, yeah, the the cremation of care is their big like opening ritual. It's like there's this whole burning an effigy to the the owl god Moloch, and uh, I think. This is where I've been thinking a lot about, you know, you've got those conspiracies about Hillary Clinton being a a Satanist and worshiping the devil and uh, eating children and and that sort of thing. I mean, obviously, eating children probably shouldn't do that. That's not okay. (laughs) But I think like so I'm I'm a skeptic. And I'm also an atheist. And so. If there are politicians out there, like, let's say Hillary Clinton worships the devil. I, I don't really care. 
I don't think the devil exists. And I don't think he's able to give any extra power to Hillary Clinton because she is worshiping him. So it's like, whatever. And so when all these people are out in the woods doing this weird ceremony to Moloch, even if you accept, like, even if you're willing to say, like, this isn't just some ritualistic thing that's done because it's been done this way for a thousand years or whatever. If you believe that there literally is an owl god or you think that they think that there is an owl god, I still don't care because I don't think there is one. and I don't think it's benefiting anything. So I don't know why we'd get freaked out about it. You know what I mean? I just did a Google search for Moloch. You said M-O-L-O-C-H, right? That's, what I thought, That's how they but... spell. So it is the name of a god, but it's a like a looks like a cow god or something. That could be wrong. It's also the name of a character from Watchmen. <laughs> so we just yeah picked a yeah. random god too thing. I think uh, it was Moloch, but it could be. Wrong. It, it could be. Anyways, that is in, you know in the Bible. Uh, traditionally, traditionally, Moloch has been understood as referring to a uh, Canaanite god. And, and it's based on, it looked like it was the Hebrew um, beliefs and Bibles. I don't know where I was going with that because I'm a little drunk. Um, but even if they don't believe, like, even if, like, whatever their, their religious beliefs are BS, I think the whole, like, conspiracy part behind this is the fact that we've got, like, high-level elites that are controlling things that are in secret meetings behind the or out of the public eye that could be conspiring to come up with, you know, they're like making up. Yeah, no, there's that. I get that. I get that. And I think that's the big thing. But there are people like I know Alex Jones, when he got out, his big thing was, oh, my God, this burning the effigy, this this satanic sacrifice that may be involved actually killing children. Oh, my God. Um Okay, so you mentioned Alex Jones. Maybe uh, do you have a little bit more on that? Because this is a big thing of how. So we mentioned that some journalists have gone in there and kind of tried to expose things. And that's why security has stepped up quite a bit. Um, Do you have anything from his like when he actually went? Because that was the one of the big factors that led to that was his uh, big moment. Grove. Yeah, it it kind of built him up and and really did put a spotlight on Bohemian Grove and what may be happening there. Um, I don't know too much about his account from it, but I do know that um, it. He went in with, who was it, Frank? Um, John Ronson. Or, sorry, John Ronson. They, they kind of went in together, and, and you talked about, you had that quote from the book. But now both of their counts were different. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Alex Jones was very much, um, well, like, so here's the thing. When they were planning on going in together and infiltrating the place together. And then, like, on the day of, Alex Jones was like, you know what? We're going to go in separate from you guys. And uh, and John Ronson suspected it was because there was no way that Alex Jones could know for sure that he wasn't part of some trap. Yeah. Which Ronson said he understood because there was another guy. I think Mike was his name that they were talking to about how to get into the Grove. And even Ronson had started thinking, like, this guy could be like, you know, maybe he's with He knows too much information on how to get in, yeah. And so um, the plan was to just sort of to walk in, to look like you belong there, and uh, and to make sure you dress preppy. And so Alex Jones and his partner were like walking down the road to do that. And then and just before they would have been seen by people, they like dove into the trees and like stealthy in from there for some reason. Uh, and then like an hour or two later, John Ronson went in with his buddy and everything was fine. They just walked down the road. And then the letter later encountered uh, Alex Jones in the place 
uh, and then later uh, reconnected with Alex Jones after they had all left at the end of the night. And so uh, Alex Jones' big thing was the uh, the big um, what was it of care? The sacrifice of care? The uh, oh, the cremation, the of cremation care. of yeah. care. That whole ritual with the burning of the effigies mm. and and these people in robes. And again, you get a certain mindset. And as soon as you pe- see people in robes burning things, it's got all of that well, and then if significance. You're, yeah, if you're going in there as a reporter trying to expose something, you've got your mind is kind of going on like what could be happening. So I could see, yeah, like if he's in there. And he's trying to look for weird shit. Yeah, exactly. That's he's the thing. seeing weird shit right there, right? Like, yeah, I, I totally get that. You know, meanwhile, John Ronson was in there looking at the the, um, the cremation of care ceremony as, like we said, it's just the symbolic act of these people leaving their cares behind to begin kind of a two-week vacation <laughs> in the woods where they'll do some musical theater. <laughs> A $30,000 musical theater. $30,000 musical theater. That's pretty good. (laughs) Um, The other thing about it seems to be that it's dying. Oh, really? I didn't read about that. Yeah. It it seems to be winding down. The the younger movers and shakers just don't really care about hanging out in the woods and doing weird ceremonies. They'd They'd rather go to space. Well, like yes, I guess that's true. <laughs> but yeah, so there was this, again, this is from his book. Uh, I remembered something that my Bilderberg deep throat had said to me on the telephone one Sunday evening, shortly before I set off at the Grove. He said that far from being fed up with hearing wild conspiracy theories about themselves, maybe the Bilderbergers actually thoroughly enjoy it. He also said that in all honesty, neither Bilderberg nor Bohemian Grove attract the caliber that they used to. The current members are getting older and older, and the prospective newcomers, the world leaders of tomorrow, don't seem all that interested in getting involved. So he's kind of saying that some of these, like the the conspiracy theory theories, the people involved aren't interested in knocking them down because it helps keep the interest in those groups alive mm-hmm. when they might just be fading away. Uh, and this was an interesting quote from uh, right after that. Um, let's face it, my deep throat had said to me, nobody rules the world anymore. The markets rule the world. Maybe that's why your conspiracy theorists make up all those crazy things, because the truth is so much more frightening. Nobody rules the world. Nobody controls anything. It's the market, the well, market which is uncontrollable. Is it, though? Because uh, Elon, Well, that's what he says. Well, Elon, that was years ago. Elon Musk now, he'll tweet like one word and he can fucking like change the market for dogecoin like yeah but crazy. not always the way he wants to no he fucking but. he bombed dogecoin the night of his uh, snl appearance yeah i thought that's because of what he said though with it i thought he said yeah but i don't think like, that was the intention oh okay well, i guess that's the other the, the other possibility is that was the intention yeah maybe i and, don't know uh, either way like if you it, Okay, maybe back then when it was like, okay, now we realize we don't have control, the markets are in control, and then now we've evolved to a point where we just need to control the markets, and then we have control again, and maybe that's what this group is doing. Is well, like, how do we control the so, markets? Yeah, talking about controlling markets, I guess that goes to things like um, GameSpot, the GameSpot stock, right? Yeah. Um, that was a bunch of people, ordinary people, taking control of the stock market. Yeah. In a way that they had never done before, and uh, I, I don't even know where the GameSpot stock thing is right now. But it was kind of the masses taking over the market in a way that kind of fucked over yeah. the elite. 
I imagine now they've found a way to stop the regular people from being able to do that so they can just Well, there was like a period right there where they just stopped yeah, they allowing stopped the trading of those fucking stocks, period. Seemed, like, yeah. Which again, so, seems like a cheat, right? Yeah. Like once when you when you're like the market starts shifting away and you're like, oh, we don't like that. Oh, you can't Let's do that. Stop it. Yeah. You just can't do it. You just can't do it. That's yeah. not a free market. That's like literally think, the opposite yeah. of a free market. Yeah. It's free to a point. Yeah. Until, until they stop the, losing. The people in yeah. power don't like yeah. it. Which they're probably talking about that right now at this the meeting or the retreat probably this are. year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's some, oh, what was it? You said something earlier and it reminded me of something that I was going to say. And I can't remember now. And I didn't have a note on it, and I should have wrote it down. Yeah. Anyways, so I just want the people to know that I had a thought. You had an idea. Yeah, now it's gone. <laughs> so Wikipedia lists four different unofficial entries into the Bohemian Grove. Uh, in 1980, Rick Kloger gained entrance to the Grove with the help of an employee imposed as a worker for two weekends. Um, and he filed a story uh, in 1981 uh, in the Mother Jones magazine. Uh, in the summer of 1989, spy magazine writer Philip Weiss spent seven days in the camp posing as a guest, uh, which led to his article Inside the Bohemian Grove. Uh, July 15th, 2000, that was, of course, when Alex Jones and John Ronson visited. And then on January 19th, 2002, 37-year-old Richard McCaslin was arrested after his nighttime infiltration of the Bohemian Grove, where he set several fires. That visit was not during one of the meetings. There was like nobody. Uh, oh, he just wanted grove. to destroy the. He camp. just wanted to go in and like like yeah, some men just want to watch the world. No, well, I got to do my. I don't know how to do Michael Caine, but yeah, some men just want to watch the world burn, Master oh. Bruce. <laughs> That's close enough. That's okay. So yeah, now the Bohemian Grove is protected by a sophisticated sec- security team year round. It, uh, the Bohemian Club employs ex-military personnel uh, to help secure the area. So if you are wanting to get in there, I probably wouldn't try anymore. Um, your your days of seeing what happens in there. Yeah, your days of just being, walking down the road and yeah. But I mean, who knows, man? Who knows? Yeah, maybe I. You I know, know, I've long held that like. You can go a lot of places that you're technically not supposed to be as long as you look like you're supposed to be there. Well, so I mean, the thing is here, though, so I'm reading off the Wikipedia page. It says that the level of uh, security is particularly heightened during the time oh, periods yeah. you, that members that, that are That makes sense, site, though, because so. you do have a lot of high-profile people there. There's a lot of high-profile people, like and if, there's 2,500 members right now that they have. If right? you were so, uh, like a political assassin... That would be you where to go. Could yeah. take out a lot of people, a lot of world leaders, in a very short period of time, uh, and also decimate the musical theater industry at the same time. <laughs> yes, I mean that's where it starts. Where it starts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I, I, unless you have some like sophisticated team that you can get in with, I would not try anymore. Yeah, it is, and this is one of the interesting things like with this the bohemian grove and bohemian club is that over the years they've adapted to people trying to infiltrate trying to see what they're doing and they've become more recluse and so that's what also adds to this conspiracy of all these elites that are making these new rules for the world and and changing the you know the the i don't know the government structure and all that shit that they're planning there all that secretive shit and now we have it's harder for the anyone outside of that club to know what's going on yeah. uh, whereas before 
I was listening to one of the podcasts that was talking about this and they they were kind of listing off a lot of the different headlines of the lakeside chats and so you could kind of i guess get a bit of an understanding of what they might be talking about now you can't anymore yeah um and uh, i forget what i should have taken better notes i was at work so i couldn't really i was working on something i couldn't actually take notes on this but there was something that they they were talking about that was a headline for one of their lakeside chats and then like a year later something was implemented within the u.s government that had a similar tie to that chat and so that was kind of their their connection between like is there something actually happening you know government policy wise at these retreats that does affect the world government so yeah it's just it's really interesting that yeah that this is happening and i guess we should kind of mention we did uh, last episode we talked about the uh the lizard Lizard people people. and we kind of mentioned that this uh, this episode tied to that and it, it ties to it in the way that the lizard people are re- like they're taking over the um, that uh, the elite. They powers. would be the they ones. Would be the elite. The Bohemian Grove. Yeah, so they would be the ones that are there. There wasn't anything that I read in my research that said like, oh, the lizard people are the oh. ones at the Bohemian Grove. Oh, you oh, did. Yeah. Oh no. Okay. Um, shit, I didn't mark this down though. Um, Sorry, take your time. There was, uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, John Ronson, before he goes. Oh, shit. Okay. He, he, uh, phoned uh, David Icke before he went, he phoned David Icke to be like, Hey, think I should do this. What? Yeah. Really? And I meant to mark that quote. (laughs) Um, I'm just in the middle of this episode. Dave just asked anybody want anything from McDonald's. (laughs) Do you want to place a McDonald's order on this episode? Uh, Uh, I'll take like a McDouble. Sure. Okay, a McDouble. I'll. Uh, I don't know if there's any like, uh, like McDeal right now. I'll have that. Deals. If not, whatever. That's fine. Just come over later, Dave. Oh, uh, so here we go. Yeah, David Ike warned me against it. He said the reptilian bloodlines transform themselves back into giant lizards at Bohemian Grove. Furthermore, he said Henry Kissinger. Jimmy Carter, Walter Cronkite, and the male members of the British royal family routinely sexually abuse their harem of kidnapped sex slaves, brainwashed through the MK Ultra trauma-based mind control program at the Grove. I asked David how he knew this, and he explained that one of the sex slaves, a woman called Kathy O'Brien, escaped and wrote a chilling memoir about her experiences called The Transformation of America. Damn. If you read Kathy O'Brien's book, says David, you'd know not to go anywhere near the place. People disappear in those forests. Shit. So, yeah, that's the lizard people letting all their tiny lizard dongs hanging out there, pissing on the trees with their tiny, tiny lizard dongs. <laughs> yes. And if you go to our uh, our Instagram <laughs> page, you'll see um, a sketch of what their lizard dongs We should take a like. second here because we've only got about 15 minutes left. And we have not yet mentioned a couple of important things. One is uh, this is we're, we're announcing the winner of our merch contest today. Yes. Uh, so yep, you've got about are. like 10 minutes left to go to uh, Facebook, our Facebook page, look at our pin post uh, to enter the like, contest. You got to like comment or share or whatever and, and follow us yeah. to enter in uh, to win whatever piece of merch you want 
from our, from our store. store. Yeah, we will we'll give it to you for free. We'll send it to you. We'll send for free. it to yeah. you. Shipping is free. Everything is free. Yeah. If you win, you can pick one item from the merch store: mug, hat, throw pillow, whatever you like. We'll send it out to you. Uh, the other thing is to say, uh, let's open it up to calls. Uh, yeah, anyone wants to call if in. If you want now, to call I, in yeah, and talk I mean, about the I guess we should have mentioned that uh, or earlier, anything else. open the whole time. Um, yeah, I mean, calls were technically open the whole time, but I just want to make sure that now that we're kind of closing yeah, out the last yeah. few minutes. This will be like the first episode that we actually like probably end in the time slot that are. We, we have to get close to that because otherwise yeah. it's <laughs> It'll just going to shut off. Yeah. Yeah, so. Podbean's live app only does about two hours. Pardon me, two hours, and then it just kicks you out. So, um, I don't have anything else like super important in my notes. There wasn't, again, I mean, like, this is it's a um, oh no, sh- sorry, I do have something here, but Carlo I just consulted notes. his notes and I discovered just, yeah, more notes. This just in, uh, <laughs> no, I, I have something on here, but I didn't get, I didn't, I put a question mark by it because I didn't dive deeper into it. And I was like, I'm going to look into this further that I did a child sex ring. But I, I feel like in all of the conspiracies we've covered this year, this just basically goes back to, it ties into any of the elite conspiracy yeah they always seem yeah. to have well, a child sex ring why does everyone want to have a child sex ring i don't get it that was again that was part of what david ike was saying too right yeah the so. british royal family routinely sexually abused their harem of kidnapped sex slaves but he didn't say child sex slaves this is a child that's sex true. ring. that's true maybe yeah. you just assume that they're children yeah who else would the british royal family want to abuse okay i do have another note and you're not really religious so i'm quickly googling this while i say these words right now what does that have to do with me being religious well because it's the saint uh saint joseph or no saint john of nipplewalk 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 i don't know anyways he's apparently the patron saint and there was a reason why he likes owls is it? I don't know. I'm guessing. <laughs> I don't know why. I just somewhere I heard that he's the patron saint of the whole grove. I guess I don't know. But then I just typed it in, and it didn't bring me. He's any. just a guy who died in the grove <laughs> ten years ago, and they gave him that official title. Um, I don't saint. even know. I heard the name. I don't even know how to if I'm spelling it right. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, so if anyone's listening and they know anything about Saint John of Nipplewalk, Nipplewalk. Um, he's the patron saint. Maybe you could fill us in on why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what else do I have? Yeah, I kind of, I just, I talked about um, one of the things we do know that came out of this group was the creation of the atomic bomb. Yeah. I don't know exactly how it came out of this group. If there were scientists in there that were like, hey, here's something we can do. And then from that, it turned into like a government yeah, science program. Yeah. And I remember reading somewhere as well that this is likely where uh, George W. Bush uh, picked Dick Cheney as his vice president running mate, or at least offered the vice presidency. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Right. Or or some connection to that, because like it was it was announced just like three days after George Bush was supposedly uh, camping in the California redwoods or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, so in, while the time we talked about that, I just learned how to spell, uh, the St. John of Nipamuk is Nipamuk? what it, okay. yeah, Nipamuk. It's what can N- you tell us about that? Uh, so John of Nipamuk is the saint of Bohemia. Oh, all right. Yeah. He was drowned in, uh, I don't know, some river. 
that's it. <laughs> Maybe they just chose him because he's, he's the saint of that. The, 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 yeah, the, the saints are always dying badly. That's the, that's the <laughs> true thing about saints. There was a, the, the saint of like actors is a guy who was like stoned to death after a bad performance uh yeah i i'm okay not being a saint so <laughs> yeah yeah but you uh, should be the saint expert being our, our official like, i figured Catholic. yeah i saw that i was like i am the you know the expert religious person so i should at least have that bit of knowledge so i'm glad i was able to find it during yeah. the episode so i get i guess out of all the like we we kind of talked about the conspiracies we're kind we have 10 minutes left here uh, we talked about all the conspiracies, or sorry, all the history, and I, I feel like really the main conspiracy with this group is that it's just that it's high-level people that have a lot of power and control in the real world, and we don't know what they're doing in That's this true. super secretive but camp. Here's my counter to that, is that these high-level people are always meeting other high-level people, whether it's in the fucking summer camp or not. Like, there are so many different places where uh, weird, off-the-books, backroom deals could be going on that I have no doubt that that is happening in the forest in California. Like, I have zero doubt that that's happening. That's, I don't even yes. think that's a conspiracy, right? The conspiracy element, to me, would come from the oh my god they're they're worshiping an owl god and they're sacrificing yeah that's weird god. that is why well, i don't i don't and understand I, that i think whole thing. well it's like and peeing on trees what the fuck is like why is that such a big deal just pee in the outhouse i don't know maybe that's it just feels I, good man it feels good man it's good man. i haven't peed in a tree in a while or peed on i guess it's like again like maybe and I, i'm just trying to put myself in in these people's heads but when when you're the president of the United States or other similarly powerful person, everything you do is judged. Everything from, you know, how you interact with Israel to how you go to the bathroom. And to be able to spend two weeks just going, fuck it. I don't care if I just piss on this tree. Because there's no paparazzi that's going to be like, oh, Bill Clinton whipped his wang out in the woods. <laughs> I kind of think that's some of the appeal. I guess. I mean, whatever, until I can raise like the amount the same, of money the to in the get same into the way, club, I won't know. In but. the same way that like we can't really understand what it's like to be the rich and the influential. They can't really understand what it's like to be us, these, these uh, yeah. doofuses who could just be on a tree whenever they want. And it's almost like that's what they're trying to connect to. They're trying okay. to be, All right, I guess. just get down to but, uh, the being okay. ordinary. I guess. Uh, and they're being ordinary by putting on a $100,000 yeah, musical yeah, theater totally, show at the yeah. end of this. I guess the other thing for me, though, is like, okay, if peeing on a tree is such a big thing like why isn't shit it on like, it well yeah like, <laughs> why isn't it such a big deal to like just be like your natural self in public like just roam free naked and just shit anywhere you want i don't know it just seemed like pee was there was a big emphasis on everything i looked at that peeing in the wilderness was a big thing like so when they have to take a shit are they like oh no 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 I need to go to the outhouse. Well, or yeah, not even an I mean, it was probably like a friggin' like an actual building. It is. Like it is. Oh yeah, no, it's 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 friggin' plumbed. It's, it's got actual holder. plumbing and everything yeah. else. And yeah, yeah, better toilet paper that we could buy at the grocery yeah. store. But yeah, I think it's a hierarchical, <laughs> hierarchical thing. I think it's easier, right? 
It's easier to pee on a tree than it is to shit on a tree. And it's easier to pee on a tree than it is to just walk naked through the woods with a bunch of fellow statesmen. Um, <laughs> so. It's it's you want to go there, but you don't want to go all the way there. You know what I mean? Like, and maybe there are groups that that maybe maybe there are other groups where they they do just hang out naked all the time. And the nudist colonies, right? Yes, yeah, but, but they don't charge as high of a fee. So I feel like that's a more realistic one I could join. But it's like maybe maybe George W. Bush doesn't want to join that one. Yeah. Bill Clinton does. Like, I don't know. Well, um, all right. We're we're coming up at five minutes to the hour. We do have to wrap up here. Dave, uh, I did not bring up the shitting on trees, by the way. Uh, that was Carlo who brought up shitting on trees. I was just <laughs> yeah, that was responding totally me. to him. I was just wondering why they don't talk, like why like pooping in the wilderness isn't as big of a deal. I think part of the reason that the peeing on trees is, is such a big comes up a lot is because that was used in part of their defense for why they only hired That's men. That's true, yeah. Right? So it ends up getting headline news out of that Okay, because it was a legal defense. Um, it's just, yeah, it's funny that that's a defense. But. We don't want women looking at our ding-dongs. Yeah. But women are working there. All right, we need to close this So women, uh, if there's uh, anyone listening who has worked on here and like seen a politician's ding-dong, give us a call. Tell us what... Uh, we got five minutes. Willie's Willie. I don't think anyone's calling. But no, for future, so we're going to post this on our actual page so they can listen after the fact. It's not too late to one uh, day message us about you can message Willie's us, Yeah, Willie. shoot us a message. Uh, Facebook.com, Instagram, at Half Cut Conspiracies. You can find us there. Um, or you can email us at halfcutconspiracies at gmail.com yep. if you've ever had experience working at the Grove. Yep. And I guess we should announce a winner to our contest. We should. Okay. We should. Uh, okay, let me just open this random number generator. Also, if you want to find ways to support us, you can do that over at blah, 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 media.com, B-L-A-H-B-L-A-H-B-L-A-H-media.com. There are links there to both our Patreon and our Buy Me a Coffee uh, either of those will support the uh, the fine work that we're trying to do for you here. Yeah, and uh, before I announce the the actual, I just did the number generator and found a winner. Uh, before I announce that, oh, exciting! Um, this is our final episode of the season. Yeah, we will be taking the summer off. We're just gonna do our own thing, whatever. Probably meet up for some drinks. Yeah. Maybe plan some uh, some future episode content. And so no promises, can... but if there's like something big that happens during the summer, we'll probably get yeah, to we may pop on, yeah, episode, for another yeah. another episode. Um, this has been an awesome year, which started out as just kind of like us wanting to have fun talking about conspiracies, and we seem to have, I guess, found a little and, niche and, that, and find ways know. to hang out in the midst of the madness that was COVID nineteen, right? Yeah, so uh, thank you to everyone who has just kind of joined us along the way yeah. uh, and continued to listen to us rambling while we're drunk. That's been great. Stay tuned over the summer, or I guess I guess next year it'll be released for our half cut myths and or yeah. If you want, if you're interested thing. in where the um, the Tell a Story High project goes, uh, follow us on Facebook. We're putting updates on there. Uh, and uh, and then, yeah, once it's available, either on the web or on Telesoptic TV, we'll be sure to let you know. Uh, it's exciting. Yeah. And anyone who has listened to us over the year or just caught this episode, um, feel free to uh, send us a message or even leave a, a review and a rating on whatever app you're using for uh, for listening to this. Uh, we really appreciate you supporting us in any way, yeah. um, just even with your ears. 
Um, and if you us. if you have a conspiracy theory that you like that we haven't touched on, let us know. Uh, maybe we can cover it next year. Uh, yeah, definitely. As we're planning next year over the summer, um, it would be nice to hear what you want to yeah. want to hear about. Uh, we'll we'll drunkenly cover it. Uh, all right, we got a couple minutes left. So without further ado, our winner of whatever the heck they want oh, off of our thing. You've got an applause sound effect. Oh, do we? Oh, shit. Yeah. Getting fancy. we got two minutes left, and i got to find it. Uh, so without further ado, oh, <laughs> I'm going to click on the laugh one. That's, <laughs> that's not the best one. Uh, okay, drum roll. Oh, there you go. Uh, our winner, I'm only going to say the first name, is Shauna. Shauna S. Uh, so thank you for, oh, here's a cheering. Yeah, Shauna! Yay! Uh, so thank you for uh, for liking our posts and uh, and joining us on this random Thanks adventure. Thanks for listening. We will reach out to you. We'll reach out um, for you. Uh, you can let us know what merch item you want. And then we'll send it to you. you Thanks for being some a fan. free stuff, yeah. So, Todd, do you have uh, any other advice or French oh, words man. to leave um, us on for this this episode? Yeah. And the season. It's got to be Yeah, it's got to be It's got to be profound. Podbean's um, gonna kick us off soon, so je m'appelle Todd. Je suis Todd. You can say anything, anything at all yeah. that you are. Je m'appelle Todd. Je suis Todd. Oh, wow. Your uh, name is Todd and you are Todd. And apparently I am fluent in French. You're very your, good. You're very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, you know what? I'm glad that you didn't eat a dog or a cat this time. Not, so not today, no. That is uh, good. I would say what I drank, but I don't know how to do drink. I know how to do I don't eat. even know how to say beer in French. So the fact that you're just able to say two sentences. I mean, I can understand it, but like to think yeah. of it on the spot. Yeah. Like, I mean, I told you that you would be put on the spot. To you did do something, yeah. but I probably wouldn't be able to do it either right on the spot. Uh, anyways, we're that, that was an hour episode. That was an hour episode. I don't want to edit anything out of this. Um, uh, so it's tight. It's tight. It's gonna be a full. We hour. did it live. We did it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Fuck it. We'll uh, do it live. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, Bohemian Grove. Guys, thanks for listening. We really appreciate uh, all the ears we get um, more than we probably deserve. We're having fun with this. We're having fun with we're, this. We're having fun. We're getting together. At, you know, we're having drinks. So I'm I'm happy that you keep showing up. So um, oh, is that to me? <laughs> that, but yeah, you. Yeah, like, just glad you we make these arrangements through the show, and yeah. I just keep showing up. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, uh, you guys enjoy your summer. Uh, be safe out there. Have a great time. Yeah. We will wear sunscreen. Yeah, wear sunscreen. Uh, Get vaccinated. Will, We'll see you next season um, with, uh, I don't know, whatever we decide to do then. Yeah. Um, So that's been Todd Sullivan. That's been Carlos Sia. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.